Have you ever asked yourself, can money buy happiness? I don't like the way that the question is really even formed because I think it does make people start to look at things I can buy to make me happy. When you manage money in a way that supports all those areas in your life, money will definitely bring you happiness. Welcome to the Rad Money Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Dylan Pollock. And I'm Rebecca Brooks. And today we're going to be talking about the topic of can money buy happiness? Yeah, I'm so excited about this. If you're one of my clients, past or present, you are absolutely going to love this answer. It is not going to surprise you. In the least, the answer is yes and no. Yeah, the topic of can money buy happiness is pretty complicated, really. If you have more money, it won't necessarily make you happy, but it's more of the way that you use and spend your money that can create the happiness. That I think is very true once you reach a certain point. But when you're really struggling maybe to pay your rent every month or to you're just living in that paycheck to paycheck cycle, then yes, more money can definitely make things better only if you actually use that money in a productive way. You could make more money and then gamble it. I mean, yeah. there are so many different ways to look at this. So I'm really excited to start to dig in. And I, I think a great place for us to start is with the study that has really started to circulate more and more on, on social media, where people are quoting the study that said that $75,000 annual is the cutoff point for any money that you make over that isn't necessarily going to make you any happier. So I think that that's a really great place to start just because people are talking about it a lot. And it's an interesting study. I, I, I looked into it and this was done back actually back in 2010, a little over 10 years ago now. And the study was conducted by some Princeton researchers. One was a psychologist, another was an economist. Good team. Yeah, it's a pretty good team, right? And they were just, they were asking people questions about their their emotional well-being and their life evaluation. So emotional well-being, like how do you feel in your day-to-day -day life in the short term? How much money would you need to feel secure? Okay. And then life evaluation, how do you feel about your finances in the long term? So they're thinking in both short and long term. And that's where they asked enough people where they found out that $75,000 was that point where people basically, they can't buy any more happiness after $75,000. But I found a second study when I was looking into this, and it was even done more recently back in 2018. And they found out that for long term, how you feel about your finances, you need $95,000 a year to feel confident in your future. Okay, so we're talking having enough then to think long term, look to retirement, feel like you're socking enough away to really build well. Yeah, yeah. You have enough money so that you can save, invest, whatever it is so that you can prepare for your, your future 30 or more years in the down the road. It's so interesting. So what I'm hearing then is $75,000 to feel good in your day-to-day -day life. And then you need an extra 20K to feel like you're also able to care for yourself today, but also for your future self. Even in today's dollars, 75K is a lot of money. Especially if you know how to use it wisely. That's what I'm saying. So essentially, you know, like the people that we work with, make a range from 40K to 400K. I mean, that's where our window is really now. <laughs> and it's it's a huge, huge difference, right? But some of the people making less are living just as good, if not maybe even better lives, have higher net wealth than people who actually have 
uh, higher income jobs, right? So it's all about the decisions that those people are making. I mean, we've been very transparent about our income being far less than what it used to be before we decided to just go full-time into this brand new business. Exactly. I don't know if we'd actually recommend that to anybody, but you know, for the two of us, we know that our needs are met with just about 40K. Right, exactly. Our needs are met. Now, anything over 40K for, again, the two of us is money that can be saved, invested, and, and more for that long term. But we're actually quite happy with just 40, and that's for two people. Yeah, and, and that's where I think it, it is complicated because you can make less than, you know, this amount, they say $75,000 is where money stops buying happiness, but you can be happy making less than that amount. And it doesn't mean that over $75,000, you're not going to be happy. It's just how are you using that money? There's a lot of evidence that shows that the way that you decide to spend money can make you happier. If you're more focused about your own personal gain opposed to helping others, you aren't as happy with how you're spending money. There was another thing I found that said that giving is one of the best ways to spend your money and it actually makes you much happier than if you just spend the money all on yourself. So if you give some of your money away, especially if you're making more than you need, that will bring you more happiness. How did they figure that out? I forget exactly what university did this, but it was somewhere in Canada and they asked students that were walking around the campus if you would, they'd be willing to participate in an experiment. And they handed them an envelope, the students an envelope when they said yes, they'd participate. And it had five or $20 in it. And they told them by the end of today, either spend this money on yourself or give this money to somebody else, or you okay. spend this money for someone else. Okay, so students were given different amounts of money, but also they were given different assignments. So if you were given $20 and I was given five, maybe I was told to spend it on someone else, but you were told to pocket it or spend it on yourself? Uh, spend it on myself. Yeah, the goal, the thing was they had to use the money that day. In a prescribed way. Uh-huh. So you didn't get to choose which way you decided to use it. No, the researchers did. And then they, they followed okay. up later in the day and after five o'clock or whatever, they said, spend it by a certain time. They follow up and they asked, you know, what did you spend the money on? How do you feel now that you spent the money? And it showed that people who were giving were way happier than the folks that spent the money on themselves. I mean, it doesn't surprise me absolutely at all. I remember the first time that we were able to just give money to family in need. It wasn't a mm. loan. It was, we have a firm firm policy, don't loan money to friends and family, just gift it. And if you can't afford to do that, you probably couldn't afford to loan it either. But I remember that feeling. It was just so amazing to be able to do that. But also just in general, like Christmas, birthdays, like there's a whole love language around, uh, around gift giving or being generous. So I'm just really not surprised at all. And so I think it just really all speaks so much to what I love to say, which is you don't have to make a lot of money to manage it well. And that's really my biggest point here with saying that our baseline is just 40K or what are you really doing with that 75? I think that people could look at that number and say like, oh, that does that mean I need to be making $75,000 a year to like survive in America? No, you really don't. I don't want people to fall into that trap of thinking that they have to have that to be happy. Right. And But I do think that you use the word survival. And I think this is where money does start to buy our happiness. You know, you have basic necessities that we need to live a life, right? Food, water, shelter. Nowadays, we can't get away without having internet. You need some basic necessities in your life. And so 
when you use money to buy these things, you will improve your life. Like your overall quality of life gets so much better just because you have the necessities. Now, once you get beyond that, this is where money might not necessarily buy happiness. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of studies and all of this, of meeting these basic needs, there have been many looking at low-income communities and the breadwinners in those communities and looked at the impact that their financial struggles actually had on their physical health. Because in these communities, oftentimes job security, things like that tend to be tough or they're just, again, they're lower wage paying jobs. And it can be very stressful just you're living paycheck to paycheck. How am I going to cover my rent? How am I going to pay for everybody's food, et cetera? So you're constantly under all of this pressure. So you're feeling stressed, you're feeling anxiety, et cetera. And it does physically manifest in your body. And all of these studies showed that low-income community earners actually had higher rates of heart attack, heart disease, stroke, et cetera. And they all pointed back to it being because of the financial distress that they were constantly under. So money absolutely can buy health. It can buy happiness. Yeah, the basic necessities are so important. So this goes back to just our first episode. If you haven't listened to that, go and listen to that where we're talking about the choices that you get to make with your money. Because up until the point where like you've covered those necessities, you don't really have a lot of choice there. Like you've got to eat. You've got to have shelter. You need food, water, and a car. And yeah, internet these days. If you still think the internet is not like a basic human right. It creates a divide. If you don't it, have internet it, versus someone who does, the person who has internet, it has more advantages than the other person. Absolutely. And so, but after you get past those, then you have far more choices in how to use that money. So I think that's where it really starts to get interesting are you using it to reach financial goals? Or are you paying down debt? Are you saving more money, investing? Are you using that extra to provide for your future self, the necessities for your future self? Or are you maybe doing something like giving or just enriching your current life? Yeah, well, and that makes me think about uh, our mental and emotional health, in particular, what you brought up about planning for the future. Like, have let's do a little thought experiment here. Go back to the beginning of COVID that feeling of uncertainty about what's about to happen. You hear there's layoffs going on. If you had an emergency fund, how did you feel? If you didn't have an emergency fund, how did that feel? And how would it have been different if you had maybe three to six months worth of living expenses saved up, right? Having an emergency fund takes a lot of stress off of our day-to-day -day life. And that brings us back to the point that money is connected to all these aspects of our life, whether it's our mental and emotional health, our physical health, our relationships, money is connected with all these things. And so when you manage money in a way that supports all those areas in your life, money will definitely bring you happiness. I mean, think about the example about giving money to family. Uh -huh. So that's to your point, being generous makes you happier. Okay. But when you're generous with the people in your life who you love and there's no stipulations there's no ickiness there's not oh that, that you know that guy owes me money right i'm not talking to you until you i mean we've all been there everybody knows a story everybody knows of some relationship that's been wrecked because of that right right like it's 200 dollars that was borrowed at one point and you still got this mental tally in the back of your head like oh yeah my, my cousin bob and all of this to me just spells misery it's the opposite of money buying happiness. It's money creating problems. And so I think that's where we're trying to kind of create these uh, polarities for you to just see how 
money can help, but only if you use it the right way. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a saying more money, more problems. And it, it, and it can be true. It can absolutely be true. But don't let us discourage you because the world also needs more good, rich people. Totally. Exactly. To able to give to your friends and family because they're in need and no strings attached just because you can't. Giving it to a charity because you can't. And improving, you know, you improve your life and you get to improve everybody's lives around you when that's the case. Yeah. So, so far we've talked about how money absolutely can make you happier. If it covers your bases, your necessities, then absolutely that's going to make you happier. If you are then also using your money wisely so that it creates less stress in your life, your relationships are better, your physical health is better. You know, it's it's like up there with like doing yoga. This is just self-care. Right. I mean, right? we talk about the term financial wellness. Exactly. That Like getting to the point of financial wellness is absolutely where money can buy happiness. Now, it also really helps once you reach financial freedom and independence, just in the sense that it helps you buy your time back. I believe that so many people get caught up in the rat race, essentially. We, we go to school, we get the job, we left school with a bunch of student loan debt, and you're just trying to work to pay things off. Once you start working towards financial freedom, you get to buy back some of that time, and then you get more choices. Yeah, so what you do with those choices, the choices that you make with that extra time, really matter. And again, now it's how do you invest your time to, quote unquote, buy happiness? Because the things that you do with the, that time can either make you happier or not. So a big thing for us over the past year that has made us so much happier has been investing in our knowledge and our personal growth, learning how to just be better people, learning how to be the best versions of ourselves and to stop looking for fulfillment outside of ourselves, which I think we've always been pretty good at, but it's this whole new level now. And we talk a lot about gratitude being a great way to live a happier life, but there's also so many other things that you need to know when it comes to self-mastery, learning how to choose your mood and things like that, that you could instead sit around and play video games, right? Yeah. Like you earned it. You bought your time back, right? You could sit on that beach and drink pina coladas. If that's your version of retirement, go for it. But it's, I will warn you that it's not going to be fulfilling and therefore it's not going to make you happy. Right. Yeah. Having some sort of goal, something, some sort of purpose that you're working towards. And when you have the luxury, I'll call it a luxury of being able to buy your time back, is that you get to pursue things that are more meaningful, more purposeful for your life. And that's going to generally make you happier because you're, all of a sudden the focus isn't about, I need to make money to pay the bills. Money is just a side effect of me pursuing my purpose and my meaning in life. Yeah. So it might be buying your time back to do things that aren't necessarily revenue producing, but just that inner work, like uh -huh. what I'm talking about, that's been really big for us. Or it might just be taking that pay cut and instead of earning a six-figure salary, you might say, you know what, but I've always wanted to just go do this and I won't make as much money, but it's my calling and it's my passion and I don't need that much anymore. So I can go do it and you can make those choices now. Really, if we could sum up this whole episode into one real point is how does money buy happiness? It buys back your time so that you can do the things that are more meaningful and purposeful for your life. I mean, we could look at all of the ways now that it doesn't buy happiness, yeah. right? If all you're doing is earning more money or 
building a higher net wealth simply for the sake of doing it, that's going to be empty. I mean, there's always a deeper reason, some sort of inner child wound or something for why people do that. But if you're just doing it just because, if it's fear motivated or whatever it is, that's going to be empty. And this is probably where a lot of people, when they start chasing money, they connect money and success. Oh, the more money I have, clearly I'm more successful. But that line, as soon as you say, oh, I just need to make $100,000, as soon as you hit 100000 it it moves. It's always a little bit more, I'll be happy, but it's never going to be enough. And you, you'll never be happy if you connect success, money, and happiness. If that's going to be how you qualify your life, then no, no matter how much money you have, it will never be enough and you'll never be happy because you always say, if I had more. Unless it's money for a purpose and you have, you're living a purpose-driven, mission-driven life, then when I say the world needs more good, rich people, that means rich people who are using that money to do good. Exactly. So it's not just sitting in a bank. It's not just there is your little security blanket or something to brag about or flaunt. It is money being used for good. Then it absolutely can help you bring more joy to your life and the, those around you. But if it's just the pursuit of money for the pursuit of status or the pursuit of, like I said, just having it to have it, right? The love of money is the root of all evil. If it's just because you love money, then it's not going to, it's not going to make you happier. It's going to make you miserable. Mm -hmm. Another area where money's not going to buy happiness is if you use money to just buy an excessive amount of things. Things and stuff. Things and stuff. Yeah. I mean, our society, especially as Americans, and have you seen that like maximalism is becoming like this trend that is really people are pushing out. It's like the opposite of minimalism. And it breaks my heart because I'm like, we already have a hyper-consumerism society that has everybody broke and is killing our planet. And then now it's trendy to be yeah, this maximalist. It's very concerning to me. It's, again, just more stuff that is going to be empty. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to really make you any happier. So I think it could be really helpful to look at Denmark with the Huga and the lifestyle that they live over there. It's very cultural to have this minimalistic lifestyle. And they're one of the happiest countries in the world. And I think that we really need to look at that and think about how are these things actually bringing happiness and joy and value into my life versus just trying to fill a void that it can't fill. Yeah, I think this is where things have the potential to bring value. Let's say that you love mountain biking. But you can't have that experience if you don't have the mountain bike. On the other hand, if you just start collecting a bunch of stuff and your garage is full of a bunch of toys that you never use and enjoy, then there's no purpose in it. And it's really not making you any happier. You'd be better off just having the mountain bike and enjoying that one particular thing. I couldn't agree more. And I think what really we're trying to say here is to be very intentional with how you use your money. And base those things off of how much use are you really going to get out of this thing? Is this really going to be incorporated into your day-to-day -day life? And from single-use items down to, yeah, that mountain bike. Unless you are really like, no, I really want to get into this. Until you get to that point, rent your mountain bike. Don't just buy things just to have them. Um, you'll just end up surrounded by a bunch of stuff with a lot of bills and no money. Yeah, and think to yourself, when the shininess of this object wears off and it starts to sit there and collect dust and it's you know six months later 
are you really going to be enjoying this sort of thing or are you not? And they're like, that's a really important question to ask anytime you show up to the register is not just, is it going to make me happy right now? Will I be happy and be using this a year from now? Yeah. And I think that this is where just in general, the question of can money buy happiness really gets at me because I think that just the way that the question is posed, it gives you this idea that it's transactional. Yeah. And it's outside of myself. And it's something that I can like procure. I can just go grab it off a shelf and a certain amount of money will help me to buy it. And it might take different forms for different people. I don't like the qu way that the question is, is really even formed because I think it does make people start to look at things I can buy to make me happy. But it's just not where it comes from. And I think that that's where all of this really can be summarized. Like as, aside from taking care of your basic necessities and feeling as though you are secure in your finances. But once you get past that financial wellness point, you get all these other choices. Are you buying time back? Are you buying experiences? Are you buying things that are truly going to add value to your life? Or are you giving money away? you get these choices for how money can bring happiness into your life. So before we wrap everything up today, I wanted to bring up one last point about gratitude, happiness, and your money. Yeah, you might be listening right now thinking, okay, this is great. I'm going to grow my income because I want to be one of those good, rich people bringing value to my communities and helping people I love. I'm going to do that. I'm also going to work on paying off my debts and reaching financial freedom. But those things take time, right? So how can I be happier now? Well, there was a study on happiness and they found that a daily gratitude practice increased your happiness just as much as doubling your income. Imagine how long it would take to double your income. Take a long time to do that potentially. But gratitude practice, all you have to do is spend five minutes a day and you can start to improve your happiness immediately. It, and I believe it and it's true and I've lived it. Now, what's really cool about this though is it's really just kind of making our whole point here. But the gratitude practice should be very much centered around things that money can't buy. Yeah, it should be focused around the experiences that you have, your relationships in your life, those moments that money just can't buy. Oh, sure, maybe they got you there, but it, it wasn't about the thing or the transaction. It was about the experience. Exactly. And I think a lot of times when I'm doing this, it's, it's so many things like it's to my past self. I do that a lot or it's for really small things like just birds chirping in the morning and hot coffee. And it's like those small little pleasures in life that actually bring more value to your life overall. I feel like Dylan's nodding. I think he's got another study for us. No, but it's definitely the simple pleasures in life that we, we usually take for granted and don't realize how important they are like the coffee, watching a sunset or a sunrise. They're small things. They don't cost a lot. Some of them are free, but they're so meaningful. Yeah. So I've been really into interior design lately. We're moving. So I'm trying to figure out how we're going to set up our new place. So I've been reading a lot about the Huga and especially in, in that Huga culture, this type of gratitude and this type of living life and appreciating these small daily pleasures is actually what makes you happier overall than these big events that just randomly dot our lives, like vacations that you get sometimes, and maybe they're extravagant and they're really fun, but they're only for a moment, they're more fleeting. That's not going to bring you as much joy as these small little things that you can work into your daily life that you just get to enjoy again and again. So it might not be as um, on a, such a large scale, 
but it does actually make you happy. I mean, that really sums it up for what, what this is about today is that money can buy happiness, but you have to look inward and think about what it is that makes you truly happy. And you have to know it's an inside out, not an outside in sort of thing. 100%. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Again, we plan to post weekly, but next week we won't be here because... We're moving across the country. Again. So if you want to follow us and our move next week, make sure to check us out on social media. We're Rad Coaches on all platforms. I'm Rebecca Brooks. And I'm Dylan Pollock. And we're Rad Coaches. With a special thank you to our director, Ebeka Ray Uxbray. And our producer, Andile Olakpe. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>